This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, and why not have a second podcast on that game? If, if any game is deserving of of two reaction podcasts, it's that one. And didn't want to bother this guy late last night because he was in Ann Arbor, uh, and we had Latulip and Joey and, and my thoughts on the game, but I wanted thoughts from a guy who was actually there. And Derek Piper is our go-to on the road this year. We only get one guy on the road <laughs> this year, and uh, you were one of the few people in person to watch. Illinois just annihilate number two Michigan Derek Piper in person um one just what was it like in there is is that was happening was there a moment that stood out to you or set the scene for me it was incredible man um first of all an honor obviously to be there uh to carry the torch for inquire I appreciate that uh, it's been a crazy road grind here recently but I I'm not I'm not complaining but for Io with the the news and the buzz that had happened the night before and sounded like he had every intention of trying to play and trying to convince the doctors that he was ready. Uh, and you understand I mean, that kind of competitor that he is. Um, so that's not too surprising, but I'm on the road and it's about two, two 30, you get texts that, that he's not going to play. And it's disappointed because you see uh, two top four teams going at it and two teams that, well, in terms of the Illinois side, I'm pretty vocal about not being happy with Michigan and not some not so subtle shots and everything. And I, I didn't think Illinois could hang. I thought they might be around for a while, and but I fully anticipate. I'd text some buddies. I'd be shocked if it was within single digits ultimately. So I want to back um, you up. I agree. And, and any Illinois fan that was saying otherwise, like you weren't saying it before the game, right? I mean, you're without your best player. No matter what you thought of Michigan and everything that happened in the last month, Derek, they're a damn impressive basketball team. And like that's what makes this um, such a seminal moment for that program. Yeah, I completely agree. And the, and the more I dove into some of their recent games as I put them together, the three keys uh, and a pick, I just became more and more kind of in awe of, of what they were doing offensively uh, and the weapons they have and just the idea, and really defensively too. They don't have – really a big weakness when you kind of look at their their full resume their their efficiency numbers and everything so again you, you go into that game and you're without io and i look i, I was impressed with what they did at wisconsin wisconsin's down man they relative to their expectations they stink and so I, I wondered how much of that was wisconsin this past weekend versus illinois they're um, soft the man point. like they're so yeah. like that's so weird because i i loved those big guys last year and Potter and Reavers and they're just soft this year. Right. Yeah. There's some, there've been some matchups where Kofi just, I hesitate to say easy, but because of some matchups in the front court where he can just dominate and grab a bunch of rebounds and putbacks and 
it, it allows Illinois to stay afloat, particularly without Iowa. And I didn't think he could do that against Hunter, and he he really didn't. I mean, I know that he won that matchup. I know I'm I'm not getting to the point fast enough. Um, there's just a lot to, to kind yeah. of digest here with with what that all just led up to. But uh, I, I think it was it was really ugly early, as, as everyone saw. Curbelo comes in, things change, gets to the rim. Uh, there was just for a long time that feeling that Illinois is going to struggle ultimately offensively. It's going to be they're going to labor for everything they get, and Michigan's going to click in at some point. You know, Livers is going to as he did. He had two back to back shots. Maybe that would get them going. Um, Wagner had been putting up you know eighteen a game in the previous four, uh, but when Illinois extends it to seven, when Adam Miller hits that deep three, that fir- the first one, he had two of them. But it was a second chance deep three. And the fact that Illinois was at that time getting a ton of second chance opportunities. And as we kind of mentioned uh, to each other before we, we we started this thing, Michigan was clearly bothered. Like they, the physicality and the intensity that Illinois had defensively in that game from the very jump was taking them out of their, their comfort, comfort zone and really taking them out of their offense. And just every time that Michigan would go to the rim, it was contested and, and it was not an easy shot. So uh, when Adam hits that three, the bench really erupts. They go up seven. I thought it was a big spot because it was down to, I think, four with uh, at the under four timeout. Illinois goes on an 11-2 run and and, and they, they're up 11. And I, I think that's what it was. They're up 11 at halftime. So uh, at that point, you're like, wow, this is this is crazy. You're thinking Michigan's coming back, and then you just continue to step on the throat and step on the gas. And the bench was going wild, and like like you said, Trent. And I mean, Trent in the second half was just on an absolute heater. And there were a lot of times I was just sitting there, just shaking my head, and kind of looking around, like, is this real? I, I can't believe it. Did you have like? Did you watch the bench at all? Like, we get so sometimes I get so busy into what I'm doing or watching the game. Um, that I kind of forget to like, hey, watch those things that people can't like. Did you ever lock in on the bench? Because I didn't until after the game and I saw some of the replay. Um, but there were some moments where the bench was just going absolutely nuts. And I'm wondering what that was like in, in a quiet arena to have on one end, Michigan, the number two team in the country, just dead quiet and hands in their uh, on their faces, right? And then to see Coleman Hawkins and Connor Servin mm-hmm. and, and Tyler Underwood celebrating Trent's crossover three before it even went in the net. Like, like Tyler knew it was going in. Like, did you get to lock in on any of that? Yeah, and I can't wait to go back and watch the replay and, and get to see even more. Like you say, you got to get dialed into the game. But I, I really, because I was paying decent amount of attention to Io, and I mean that dude was all smiles, having a bunch of fun, like leading defense chance, and uh, that was really cool to see out of a guy that had to be extremely disappointed to not be out there, uh, and he was able to still make his presence felt. It was interesting to to see him stand at midcourt and kind of just stare down Michigan for a while in those warmups. Um, but yeah, there's no it's doubt. Kind of, that, kind of like an, I'm still here. Like, yeah. and, and this is my team. I still got them. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's funny with the bench setup. I know a lot of people, they, they kind of make fun of it and say, these guys are with each other. They practice together. They're in team huddles. Why are they spaced out this much? And it's, it's like the NBA bubble bench. But what it's allowed is like, 
your own kind of hype corner. And, and these guys are like bouncing off each other and like chest bumping and uh, able to stand up and, and just kind of go crazy. And there's just, as we've heard when Illinois now, it's really home and row when they hit those big threes and you're boom, like that echoes. And that just, that was a presence that Illinois was able to have against the Michigan team that had every reason to be fired up to play Illinois. They could have clinched the big 10 title. They could have said, Hey, you disrespected us. Your coach disrespected us in a, it's a press conferences and it was Illinois that was making all the noise. And that, that was pretty special. That boom thing. Like, I think that's new, like to this year. Um, and it's great. It's, it's a great thing in the, in the stadiums. Um, and I, I wonder if like crush will roll that over in, in the next year. I wonder if that becomes the thing. Like the crushers goes boom after every yeah. three. Um, if you do go back and watch the replay, Derek, Watch Bobby Geekus in the corner. Like some of his stuff, like Trent Frazier would make a layup and he's got this pose that he just does like this to it. <laughs> and every every big one, like Kofi Coburn had a strong take over Hunter Dickinson. You just see Bobby just flexing, <laughs> just flexing and not saying anything. It was just, uh, it was cool to say it. It was such a fun, fun night uh, for, for Illinois basketball. But Derek, I know Coleman. Yeah. Coleman after the crossover three by Trent. I mean, everybody on that bench after that one. I know Coleman was doing some funny stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, Coleman could barely contain himself uh, after that. It was just like a surreal moment where where Trent was in um, one of those heaters we haven't seen in a long time uh, from him. I know he's had some twenty point performances, but that was next level. That run of thirteen points in like four minutes for him, um, and it's it just obviously gives him confidence. And we've talked about what this can do for them moving forward. Derek, you saw Juwan um, and Brad not have much interaction, um, and and I had Ira Weintraub on, and and sorry to all the Illini fans that really wanted me to push back. I didn't have like the timeline in front of me at that time, so whatever if you're upset about that. But that's their reasoning or the way they're explaining it. But no matter what, Brad used that right. Like he's been a master motivator um, this year with Io saying Luca Gars is the national player of the year before that game, and then Io just took his game to another level. And then coming into this game, you could tell Brad was like making that, hey, these guys are trying to duck you, right? Like they, they were scared of you at least maybe early on, and we're doing this the right way. And whether like Michigan, you know, you believe what Ira told me or not, um, Brad used that, right? And they used it to get an edge. And that's what Brad's all about is that is that edge. So it seemed seemed to play a big role last night, Derek. Yeah, that was, that was one of the moments that stuck out the most to me uh, and one of the cool di- parts of, you know, being able to see what, their interaction was there was like four minutes four or five minutes before the national anthems and brad walks over to the michigan bench and um you know kind of the the sportsmanship kind of cordial way to go and and the fist bump the master up and uh usually you share some words and and and, uh, maybe have a, a quick chat i know i mean thinking back to the iowa game i know you were there for that like him and fran were just Yucking it up for a while. Like, 20 really? minutes? Like 20 minutes. Yeah. They're, they're yucking it up like an hour before the game. Right. Uh, so by contrast, where Brad goes over there and extends the fist to Juwan, Juwan gives him one back. But And, and he had some more – he kind of – you could tell he was telling him something. And Juwan just kind of looked off and didn't give him a whole lot back. And it, it, it was interesting that – I mean, clearly it, it seems like – and I, I don't want to – say for a fact I wasn't there I, I I wasn't like close enough to hear what was said 
but it was it was clear that that was a fairly brief interaction, even compared to maybe Brad with Phil Martelli and some of the other guys. And he goes back, and as soon as Brad gets back to the Illinois bench, there's Antigua coming up to him. There's Jeff Alexander going up to him. And I kind of just laughed to myself saying, you know, they're probably like, what did, what do he say? What do you do? I, I kind of saw that he didn't give you much. And um, But, yeah, for, for Brad, I mean, he had to know. And it was all within the Michigan media going into this game, just kind of that Brad was – approaching it the wrong way or, or being disrespectful to Michigan. And it, it seemed like Jawan, based on the reaction, I, I can only say that uh, it, it seems like he took exception to that. Now it was kind of, I, I respect Brad for being honest about it. And it, it was kind of ballsy though. The, the way that Michigan is playing to give them any kind of extra reason to get up for you. And then you by circumstance or without IO, like you were setting up there for, to be the other one. I mean, I think if you're projecting it, be the other one on the, on the side of the beating. Um, but for then you, you to have your guys that ready, that amped up, that locked in and, and go and do that, that, that said a lot. Derek, um, I, I'm kind of rewatching the game today because I'm trying to figure out defensively what they did. Uh, and I think Brad said after the game, Orlando Antigua had the scout. And I know Chin's kind of been in charge of the defense and Steven uh, runs the offense. Of course, Brad is, is the head of all of this. Um, but that was masterful. That, that was a defensive performance we couldn't have dreamed of two years ago because they wouldn't have done that two years ago. Uh, but also the personnel and the individual defensive efforts. I thought that was Kofi's you know, masterpiece defensive performance on Hunter Dickinson. Dickinson didn't get a field goal uh, on, on Kofi Coburn. Georgie had a really good night in the post as well. Uh, but Trent Frazier and what he did to Mike Smith, I think that, that really helped everyone else with like Franz didn't get good looks. Uh, he had to take people off the dribble, which, you know, he can do and he's long, but he was frustrated. And Isaiah Livers just didn't get any open shots. But Mike Smith had zero assists uh, and he missed a bunch of shots. Like, man, I, I hope Trent gets all defensive team. And I'll, I'll keep putting it out there just because, you know, I don't know everybody who votes for it, but I just a lot of it, I think, is stats. It's steals. It's it's blocks and. One year, A.J. Hammond's got defensive you know, team, and I was like, what? what is going on here? He's not even a very good defender. He just hangs around the rim. Uh, Trent Frazier just works his butt off on that end, and, and he was fantastic. But that, that was a masterpiece defensive performance. It really was, and I thought Mike Latulip gave great stuff on your guys' podcast last night talking about icing the ball screens and, and really forcing them to stay on one side of the floor. Cause when you watch Michigan at their peak form, it's the ball is popping and it's different guys who can attack you. And uh, of course you, they create collapsing and they kick it out. And then they got a lot of guys who can, who can shoot it. So uh, for Illinois to be able to do that. And, and like you said, uh, Trent Frazier, he just continues to impress. And the fact that just the, the amount of energy that he expends and he just never lets up as far as just, Pounding you, getting through screens, like you don't notice it maybe until you really pay attention to it. Or I, I noticed that I forgot which game it was, but I think it was the Michigan State game where Curbelo, in his tough stretch, has turnovers offensively that are easy to pinpoint. But he's getting like annihilated on some of these screens, and then leave whoever it was open for shots. And that's the difference between Trent because he knows how to fight through that. He knows the angles and like how to slip through. And uh, that's just a veteran that is fully bought in. I, I was trying to think last night. It's like we saw freshman Trent offensively. And then this guy was like 
a little bit stronger and went to three years of the Gary Payton school or something like that. I don't know. It, yeah, it that's just... why I wrote my player grades last night. It's like you got freshman, you got the best of all worlds of Trent Frazier last night. That's why I think it was his defining performance because you had freshman year score where, yeah, it's a high volume, but it's just electric. And then you got senior year gritty, all defensive team, and you put them both together and – you know, if he does that for an entire year, like we're sitting there going, does he sneak into the third team all Big Ten conversation? Like he played that way last night. It was it was amazing. And I, you know, I I, I think about man, would he return for another year uh, and be a top five scorer all time? He he would probably do that. And would he just have fun being able to do that? But um, I think this this little stretch here in that game Derek you know the last 11 games I've been trying to say it he's been so dang good 14 points a game it's kind of been under the radar a little bit but his defensive performance he's shooting around 40 percent from three I think this stretch on a winning team man that guy's gonna go down as is, is, is just a fan favorite maybe not like your top 20 player of all time with Illinois but he's just gonna go down as a fan favorite on one of the best teams uh, a lot of fans have seen yeah, you think about the nights that Marcus Carr had against him, the night that Jordan Bohannon had when he came to State Farm Center and really got locked down. And you, you think about the stats and kind of the keys for Bohannon when Bohannon gets off as far as hitting threes. Um, they're really tough to beat. And, and, you know, Trent just hounded him and didn't allow him to have one of those nights. So, uh, yeah, he should definitely be on the all-Big Ten defensive team. And he does deserve – Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year consideration. He really does. I, I'll be honest. There have been times where there have been certain matchups that haven't been great for him, yeah. and, and he's had some some games where he's gotten exploited a little bit. Uh, I didn't think he was great in some moments against Jason Preston earlier in the year. I think back to Chris Likes last year. Um, but overall, especially here in the Big Ten season, he's just been unbelievably solid. And you, as far as the Michigan game, you don't look at Mike Smith, and maybe the common college basketball fan – Mike Smith doesn't really resonate with them. Like shutting down Mike Smith, what does that do? But he's really the key for them because his passing as far as assist numbers over five, um, but his three-point shooting too opens up so much more for their offense where you could help off of Xavier Simpson last year and try to corral some different guys. But if Smith isn't able to create for others and if he's also not able to be open for threes, that's really uh, – a big part of shutting Michigan down, which I know they struggled at Minnesota, but other than that, I mean, they have not looked anywhere close to as dysfunctional as they were last night. And they were a top five offensive efficiency team going into last night. All right, Derek, I got three things I want to follow up with you on after the break. One is um, just what this three game stretch means uh, for Illinois Two, a more personal thing. And then three dreaming a little bit of the long term. So we'll do that when we come back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, Derek Piper. Um, three games without Ayo Desumu, and I totally agree with Michael Tuop. Uh, anybody thinking this team is better without Ayo Desumu is nuts. Um, and, and that's what's cool about Ayo is the way he's approaching. You mentioned it last night, like what he was doing with the team, enjoying that. He's obviously frustrated he can't play, but uh, he should be back, I would imagine, for Ohio State. But what do you think this three-game stretch without him and going 3-0 and without him, what does that do for the team? I think it does a lot. Of course, if you're going to be put in a situation down the road, and you hope that it doesn't come to the, the point of, of course, an injury, but even just foul trouble for Iowa or some kind of circumstance for Illinois would have to sustain or, or go on a run and, and, and be able to not have an All-American, which a lot of teams, if, if an All-American's on the bench, even for a, a decent stretch, you know, that team's not going to win. And I, this team has been given the confidence, it's proven that they can – produce and sustain w w without him on the floor. I think really when you look at here recently, and, and Brad's really been pushing defense and being more um, of a elite or top-level defensive team in the country. He's mentioned wanting to be inside that top 15, top 10. Uh, what they did against Michigan, what they did against Wisconsin, except for the trice, whatever the heck that was at the end of the game, they've just really dialed in there. And I, I think that that's kind of been part of their response is like, okay, I was not here. We got to be that much better at the defensive end. Uh, so that's been very impressive. Of course, Curbelo with the plays he's making and to not make, I know he had quite a few turnovers against Wisconsin, but uh, overall just to, to have that confidence and that never blink. And I was gone. I'm a freshman. I haven't been put in these circumstances and, and to be able to just make play after play after play, especially against Michigan, uh, and, and Trent, Trent, I think can be. The, it, it's funny to ask Brad. I know Brad got asked last night. Can you be better from this? Like from Iowa sitting now, like is, is there a better thing that comes from it? Like would, would that ultimately be? Like, you know, that's a good thing that happened to you. Maybe it, it's funny to say that, but maybe like I think Trent Frazier is a good example of that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they pick their spots and find that when Iowa's back. But it's not like Iowa's a selfish superstar or any means. Uh, so I think that that has been very encouraging and just kind of letting, you know, letting Adam have a moment, a night against Nebraska. All of that plays into when Io comes back, just guys playing with a lot of confidence uh, and knowing what it looks like to be able to to play at their, their, their peak or, or in a high, high level. Yeah, I think this team's responded to every piece of adversity this year. Um, and Michigan State, I think. Their toughness came into question again, right? And their physicality, and then they did that to Michigan. Um, so I think that was a, a great response to that as well. And I, I think the key word is confidence. For Cabello, who is going through a tough stretch, Frazier, you know, has, hasn't lacked it, but um, he, I think even he, like, he's like, man, I can have those games. Like, I, I can – I can be assertive offensively if I'm feeling it. Um, and then obviously Kofi's continued to be uh, a star that, that you can build around, which I got a follow-up question on that. Um, but personally, Derek, I remember we were covering so many losses, right? So <laughs> many losses, or football or basketball. And we kept telling ourselves, like, because that gets old, right? It gets old writing about it. It gets old having to interact with with all our great you know subscribers and, and readers and listeners that they're just, they're not happy, right? So 
this is enjoyable to cover, right? So like, finally we are covering it. Last year was, was great to cover you know, Illinois football. Two years ago was a ride to cover for a month. Um, but what is this like for you to cover one of the teams that's now got the national spotlight on it? Still some, some words from Trent last night. It's incredible as he likes to say a lot of times, and it, it, it's starting to feel pretty special, honestly. Um, when you think about, I mean, I'm, Champagne kid, uh, 05 was a big deal, clearly. I mean, if you're an Illini fan, but, um, you know, I idolize you know, D Brown and those kind of teams and going to the State Farm Center with my family and just to kind of feel the buzz around the program, the fan base, to see how excited they are. Uh, I know we're, we've mentioned it a ton, missing them in person, but even just to kind of get that feel on Twitter, on the message boards. Uh, but to be here and just, like you said, it, it's more fun to cover a winning team. Like whether you're going to be, and, and we're not the fanboys out there that maybe some are uh, who, who do this, but um, yeah, it, it's it's great to to finally have those exciting moments, those great stories, and, and the position that me and you are in as far as piecing it with the recruiting. We get to know these guys over a long stretch of time. I have known Trent Frazier for like five or maybe five years at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, known Iowa for for a long time, so to see them where they've been, how they've progressed, the, the losses they had to go through, the mental toll that it took on them, uh, and, and to just see the joy that they have right now, and just the success that they're having, and we talk a lot about potential, you know, when we're talking about players or teams or whatever, and just to know that they're they're doing what they said they could do, and they're showing it, and it's just really exciting to be along for the ride, and. Um, and yeah, uh, how many times did we write this story? It, Illinois at Indiana, they get blown out. Illinois at X, they get blown out. Um, and we looked at each other after a lot of these games. That, like you said, uh, it'll be worth it, right? And there's kind of that dot, dot, dot at the end. Like I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's here, so that that's that's a lot of fun. Well, Indiana's not, which is weird to me that that Archie is struggling uh, so much. I do remember like recording the Demonte Williams podcast. Right. Like, or we, we reacted to his commitment um, at a halftime one time. Yeah. And it was like, that was five years ago. Right. Like, that was a long time ago. I remember Aaron Jordan committing, and that was a long time ago and a lot of losses ago. But uh, man, that, that seems like it's in the past because now, Derek, you're seeing this is this, is a, this program. This isn't just about IO. Um, Kofi has changed this program. DeMonte and Trent sticking it out have, have changed this program. And and now Curbelo and Miller uh, stepping up. And even Jacob Grandison, who, who's got another year, has been absolutely fantastic. DeMonte Williams taking his game to another level. And you see flashes of Coleman Hawkins where I think he'll be pretty good. Uh, but my brother messaged me today. And, like, he's get, he's he's actually been more into Illinois football recently. Um but Illinois basketball, like he's back into, he was at school during 0405 and old D era. And he said, I'm talking myself into Kofi coming back. <laughs> and I sat there and go, I don't know. He's, he's 21. He's going to be 22 in September, but he looks like he's having a lot of fun. And if national or if name image and likeness, it should be here. Like he could make money doing that. And you just think about, I don't think he's a certified draft pick. And I just started thinking about, man, what if he came back? Like if, if he came back with Curbelo and Miller and Grandison and Hawkins, and you can add somebody on the transfer market of the caliber of, of Namari Burnett, all of a sudden, you know, I don't know if they're going to be as good as 
this year, obviously, but like that's what we were seeing these last three games is that team. Like obviously Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, it doesn't sound like they're coming back, but I, I wouldn't, you know, put that out to pasture quite yet. Like maybe they they decide, man, I want to do this one more year in front of fans. And maybe name, image, and likeness gets me some money, right? Because those guys coming back, they they could profit off that too. Um, what do you think of that possibility? Because it, it centers around Kofi, right? If Kofi comes back, that that's a top ten team. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, as far as you know, this team just continuing to play at a nationally relevant. I think this program, as Brad said, I think it was earlier in the week or after Wisconsin, like. Illinois is going to be in this conversation. I think he's shown that the program, what he's instilled, the talent that they've shown that they can accumulate, they're, they're going to be in the mix a lot of years. Um, but if you get Kofi, you can come back and, again, think about a Big Ten title, think about going on a really deep run in the NCAA tournament. And, yeah, I do think that the name, image, and likeness really is a huge factor because I think they'll you'd sit down with Kofi and have the conversation, okay, are you going to get drafted? Um, are, are, if you're not, what does that look like? How much money are you going to make? Could you make almost as much money, as much money, just coming back and getting some sponsor deals and all? I mean, Kofi market, being marketable here in the Champaign area, now that Illinois is winning, maybe up in Chicago, whatever it may be. Like That dude's a – He's one of the faces of college basketball next year if he came back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the Big Ten Player of the Year front runner, in my opinion. If he comes back, he'd be a National Player of the Year contender. Uh, he's very charismatic, and uh, I mean, all of that. He's got the full the full package. So, um, fully expect him to declare for the draft, yeah. leave it open, get the feedback. Uh, I think he's going to be willing to listen to what Illinois has to say. And if he does ultimately move on, and uh, two year plan was what you hoped to get, and man, he's been even more dominant and productive than you could even probably have imagined uh, in that time. But uh, yeah, the thought of, of one more go uh, and even I think Trent with the name image and likeness is another one. Cause there's that dude can definitely make money playing basketball somewhere, but what does that money look like compared to, you know, one more year at Illinois to kind of, yeah. yeah, bring it back one more time and uh, do it for fans. And I, I do think the finish in the NCAA tournament will, help shape kind of the way they think about it as well. Yeah. I'm not trying to think too far ahead, but it's just a thought my brother put in my head and I want to get uh, your thoughts on it. All right. At Ohio state, uh, Derek, just a yes or no. I'll play at Ohio state. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And if they win that one, like it's locked number one seed, uh, it'd be pretty amazing uh, for Illinois to lock that up. And then you root for Michigan state, I guess this week to, to see if they can get you a big 10 title. Even if, even if uh, Michigan loses one of those and Illinois beats Ohio State, you might have a, a petition to the Big Ten of, hey, let's split this this Big Ten championship. If you have a 14-3 and team and a 16-4, and boy, um, I think you should probably split that. It seems like it. I know we're baseball guys, too, and you do like the – do I have this wrong? Like the baseball standings, I think ultimately if you're doing playoffs, you would, if there's a difference and normally there is no difference ever, uh, you go win percentage, but think about like win loss column, if those line up and for Illinois, if they went out and Michigan only loses one more game, I think they'd be two up in the win and two up in the loss. If I'm, if I'm correct, or uh, I was looking at as I was kind of going on the road. So 
Uh, yeah, and again, I mean, it to be goes two, back to- two up on the win column and one back in the loss, like, okay, I mean, that would if you're sixteen and four and fourteen and three, say, like, that to me, Michigan is deserving based on the games they've played. It's a weird year. To me, I'd just split it. I'd let Illinois raise a banner. Let Michigan raise a banner. Um, but I, I think it'd be Illinois play twenty games. It's it's not equal. Um, I, I get win percentage would be very clean. Like it, it's just like, hey, this is math. We'll take it out of our hands. It, it just doesn't seem equitable. And I think, yeah. you know, in, in this kind of year, I think everyone would be okay with with splitting a Big Ten championship that way. It's hard to argue with, especially when you have the head to head over Michigan. Um, And yeah, if you do go to Ohio State, as Brad's talked about, it is about, as he's calling the final chapter, it's about March. And that's really going to define ultimately what this season is. But like you said, I mean, a Big Ten championship's a banner. It's a big deal. They should be celebrated more. They should be like that. That's the grind. Like that is more important than a Big Ten tournament weekend. And to be honest with you, sometimes it's a better measure of success than a run in the NCAA tournament, but the tournament is what we care about, right? Like those are where the biggest memories are made. So I get it. Especially analytically, we look back and this is going to be viewed as one of the best years for not only the conference, but like for a individual conference period. Uh, So uh, for that to to be part of it is, is and look, this team set out to, to achieve that. So I understand why it's it's personal to them. They're upset that it's kind of been taken out of their hands to an extent. Now we could do an hour long podcast I and mean, we have already kind of, uh, you know, Michigan's schedule circumstances. Would they really lose Northwestern, Indiana, whatever it may be. But part of the grind is that's what's been really encouraging for Illinois to win 10 of 11 and really just, not miss a beat while you're playing game after game after game. So, um, but yeah, back to the one seed, you win at Ohio state, it's secure, it's locked up. I think even if you lose that game, as long as Ohio state doesn't win the big 10 tournament, you can probably get to Saturday and feel pretty good about holding that down. So you have the most quad one wins in the country right now and feeling pretty good. Yeah. I think there's a scenario where if you lost to Ohio state lost first round, and Iowa makes a run, maybe they can steal it. But um, if you went to Ohio State, I I think you're pretty safe. Derek Piper, um, glad you got to go up there, man, and get a little bit of break between the next game and the next road game, uh, and then another break before we get into the postseason. Thanks for joining us, man. It's a lot of fun, man. Uh, we'll continue to, to cover it, look forward to it. Uh, hopefully we can be over there in, in Indy together next week or, or whatever it may be. So we gotta we got to figure all that out, but – yeah, let's just continue to enjoy the ride. Great stuff, as always, with Derek Piper. I just wanted to give him uh, – I know he's got his own radio show, but I wanted you guys to hear it on the podcast as well. Uh, just his thoughts on, on being in that arena in such a special, surprising game. And uh, it had to be some kind of experience seeing all that. And it has been a weird experience when I've been at State Farm Center. I've, I've been in any road games this year. They're really – just to take you in – they're really most places are only allowing about five um, visiting media for basketball games. Now football games, it was more, um, but they're only allowing about five for basketball, and that'll continue into the Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament. Uh, so Derek's been been a long time, obviously lead basketball reporter, and I I want to cover these games, um, but Derek is is our go to guy, and I want him the opportunity to have those and. You know, I want to go to an NCAA tournament and still may to, to cover things around the game. But, um, 
you know, there's only a select few that are at these games. So you, you are privileged and you do want to be able to tell those stories. And I thought Derek did that uh, with the live updates as well. So, so pay attention to those. Derek has good stuff and good insight on the road uh, during those live updates um, just a couple hours before the game. We do that with football as well. Great stuff with Derek Piper. Just wanted to relive, rehash that game over again. I doubt any of you were really upset to do so. But we will dive into more different things on the podcast as we have a little bit of a break uh, between Illinois basketball games. Of course, next week it'll open up a little bit more uh, as they get ready for the Big Ten tournament. And unlike previous years, Illinois is not playing Wednesday, not playing Thursday. I remember I used to always joke with guys like Graham Couch who, who come on the podcast here who covers Michigan State. Uh, I don't get to see you much at Big Ten tournaments anymore because you're arriving after I leave because <laughs> Illinois was out before Michigan State even played a game. That certainly is not the case uh, this year. And every game Illinois plays the rest of the year against very good teams. But that's March. And this is fantastic. And as, as Derek said, yeah, we're enjoying the ride. We're media and, you know, we obviously cover for a fan base, but, uh, you know, we, we take pride in being impartial and as much as possible and, you know, giving you guys our honest opinions and, and, and analysis and, and clear eyed reporting. Uh, but we are human and it's after all these years of covering, you know, people who aren't that happy, right? And, and covering it for fans who aren't that happy. Uh, it's definitely a nice change of pace to to cover a potentially special team, right? And, and these special stories that are happening and you guys are happy and that makes this job uh, more enjoyable as well. So it's been a ride. It's been a ride and it's not over quite yet. And uh, we're going to cover the heck out of it uh, until its conclusion, whenever that is. Uh, I think it'll be deep into March or possibly into April. Uh, I just think this team is showing that, that it's, it's capable of doing things special, but uh, tournaments are tough, man. One single elimination tournaments are really, really tough and some really good Illinois teams and many great teams have been knocked out way earlier um, than expected, but that's what makes the NCAA tournament so great as well. That'll do it for this Illini Inquirer podcast. Check out Illini Inquirer for all the latest on Illinois basketball in this top five team, likely a number one seed in the NCAA tournament if they can take care of business the rest of this way. Uh, but also Joey and I diving in some Illinois football coverage. Uh, more of that as we get ready for spring ball, which is just a couple weeks away as well. We'll start right as the NCAA tournament starts. Uh, but also a lot of football recruiting stuff going on with the Illinois football um, High school football season beginning as well. Check it all out, Alana Inquire. And if you don't already, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great day. Starting to feel like spring out there. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquire podcast. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!